Hello, you're welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from Unshot.net. Special episode. How is your back to school? I've deliberately not done a special episode of this podcast uh, around the topic of COVID-19 since probably around August 2020, over a year ago, um, because to be honest, I felt I'd just be repeating myself. The government's uh, plans uh, are pretty much the same. They can be summed up uh, with the emoji symbol of fingers crossed and even um, without me being sarcastic around that, they, the, the, the guidance really hasn't changed very much. Uh, unfortunately, um, despite the fact that um, we now know that uh, the COVID-19 virus has now reached a variant which is more transmissible in children, and we've known that for quite some time, because we know the virus is um, airborne uh, and not based on droplets, which it was uh, thought to be back in August 2020, um, basically, all the guidance is exactly the same, more or less, as it was uh, over a year ago. And schools really are now um, suffering as a result of that, with more cases in the first two weeks, I think, than most schools had in the full year beforehand. With, um, I think, 16,000 children uh, after two weeks isolating because they're close contacts and, uh, and the vast majority of cases of COVID-19 uh, being um, and the vast majority of cases of COVID-19 basically uh, being in the uh, under 12s and be that's because they um, are the only ones that aren't vaccinated basically um, so I thought I might as well do a podcast episode um, based on where are we now we're back to school after two weeks and it's loosely based on the article I wrote in the Irish Examiner this week uh, an op-ed piece an opinion piece where I talked about how COVID-19 is affecting school communities um, not just mine uh, but several uh, several school, school communities mirrored around the country um, I hope it's of some use to you. It's a little bit of a, I suppose, a diary entry, uh, completely unscripted because I haven't had time to write a script. So please excuse, uh, you know, maybe it's not very cohesive. It's uh, possibly a little bit of rambling. Um, but uh, if you can bear with me for the next uh, 15, 20 minutes, uh, we'll try and give you a little bit of a summary of what life has been like back to school in 2021. Hello, hello. You are very welcome to this special episode of If I Were the Minister for Education. And this is all about going back to school in 2021 with the Delta variant raging through schools. Because who knew when you have a group, the only group of unvaccinated people in uh, in the country crowded into small classrooms, uh, who would have thought that the virus might have found them and spread it around uh, the um, uh, spread it around the, 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 that age group. Well, uh, indeed, uh, that is exactly what has happened with almost half the schools in the country reporting at least one case of COVID-19 uh, uh, amongst their community and a few outbreaks as well uh, where several children uh, have uh, caught the virus, possibly from school, possibly from home. We don't know anymore because we don't, uh, we, I suppose we, 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 it's very hard to, um, it's a, there was a time where you could actually trust 
uh, every science, you know, like science, trust the science, and and I know, and I generally will trust the science. I mean, come from a science background myself, but the whole of COVID has become so politicized that certain scientists uh, or certain people who did call themselves scientists are saying certain things um, that that may or may not be um, believable anymore, mainly because um, we we need to believe the fact that schools are safe because we want children to be in school. So we say things, uh, I suppose, in order that children will be in school. And rightly so. We need our children to be in school. But we need to have an absolutely unemotive conversation about this and about if we are to have all children in schools, how do we do that so it's as safe as possible? How it is as safe as possible, I I would say, is by mitigation measures. And the mitigation measures that the government have been putting in place for the last year and a half certainly um, were fantastical, uh, uh, for want of a better word. What happened was they coined, for those of you who don't know, they coined these terms called pods and bubbles, which are lovely round sounding things that make people feel cosy. And what they are are simply groups of children and classrooms. Now, if you have a virus that is airborne and a child with COVID sneezes and coughs away all day in that room, it's very, very unlikely that that virus virus is not going to spread to other uh, hosts um, and effectively that's uh, basically what's been happening uh, with uh, um, over the last I suppose since COVID-19. The thing I suppose that saved uh, our um, our collective um, <laughs> our collective asses I suppose for want of a better word is when cases were extremely high in Ireland um, so that's around Christmas time when there were over 8,000 cases a day in certain cases schools were closed um, coming up to the uh, Halloween break the, the, the just before that cases were beginning to increase again and I suppose when cases were very low within uh, the country so uh, we can think back to lots of times where cases were very low obviously the spread of infection within classrooms is very low too I mean we have to remember really that schools aren't very different aren't different at all from most places particularly things like restaurants or um, pubs or anywhere else where you have a crowd of people and uh, there's been a kind of I suppose uh, an agenda if that's the right word where people are saying that schools actually are safer because of these strange mitigation measures which you know really as if everyone, anyone really thought about it, you know, they can't possibly be any different to any other place in the world uh, where you put people in a in a, in a room together. Um, I mean, I suppose why, uh, while nobody uh, in a classroom that we know of directly died or was very very ill uh, from um, a COVID case in a school, my belief is the government just kind of got lucky in a way. Um, I. Effectively, since we've come back to school in September, uh, unfortunately, um, because of the mitigation measures, we've reaped what we've sowed. The Delta virus is much more transmissible. This means that um, the children or people who aren't vaccinated, which is effectively children under 12, are getting the virus more easily. And as a result of that, uh, they're becoming... They're, they Now, again, they may not be dying and they may not be getting very, very ill in most cases. However, they are catching the virus and they're spreading that virus to close contacts in there. And I suppose the question we have to ask ourselves is, what do we do now? And I suppose what... There's a lot of 
commentary out there and a lot of it is um and i suppose i want to tackle a, a few of a few bits of that commentary uh in this i don't want to make this a very very long podcast uh because i'm sure everyone's sick of hearing about covid19 and i don't want to just regurgitate what i spoke about in my article in the irish examiner which was published uh just a couple of days ago i i'm i'm recording this on the 15th of september 2021 if you're listening in the future and uh i spoke just to, to summarize very briefly what i said in the um, in the article, I talked about how this wasn't a surprise to any school leader, any teacher or anyone no, uh, working in a school. We've known for over for well over a year that the risk of COVID-19 coming to a school and spreading amongst the pupils has been very high because the mitigation measures that were uh, that were given were just not adequate. We have the highest class sizes in the EU. We have small classrooms. We have no ventilation except for opening a window and a door. And, you know, that's all we've had. We've Yes, we've had uh, um, PPE uh, for teachers, but now that everyone's uh, vaccinated, it, that's, that's that out of the way. Uh, we also have better cleaning um, because we've got money for cleaning and that's obviously um, helped the place become clean. I, don't, I think the idea of that was because of touch points, but because of, uh, COVID is airborne, in reality, it's not as important as it was perceived to be. Now, what it's basically allowed schools to actually be not dirty, effectively. But, um, you know, these were the measures that were put in. So effectively, we knew this was coming. And what the effect of this is, um, it caught the, 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 the policymakers for some reason by surprise when it all of a sudden there was a huge number of cases in primary schools over the first uh, two weeks and a huge number of close contacts as a result that about 16,000 children had, are currently isolating as I'm recording this episode and this is no good for anybody and the talk around now is about what do we do next and ultimately I suppose what we have to do is we have to get real. We have to kind of decide what are the options out there. Now, I would not like to be the Minister for Education now. So although this episode is called If I Were the Minister for Education, do you know what? I'm going to chicken out here because I don't know what the right answer is. And it would be absolutely, um, I think it would be wrong of me to actually make a call on this because actually I don't think the Minister for Education has to make the call on this either. I suppose she has to get the right advice from the right people and then make a call when she gets that right advice. The right advice hasn't been given yet um, uh, because, you know, it's ultimately the right advice is a balance. And that's what I want to kind of focus on in this uh, podcast episode. What balance are we going to be uh, going with um, when we're, when it comes to what are we going to do with schools? And I think the first uh, the first agenda, really, and I think this is where where a lot of a lot of people on social media are going on on this one at the moment, uh, because social media is where the nastiness comes out of people mainly. And I think there's this sort of mad obsession that unions are trying to close down schools, and we really, really aren't. Um, we're not trying to close down schools. No one wants schools to close down. Most of us are parents uh, who are teachers and we know how horrific the lock, uh, the first lockdown was when schools had to shut down uh, the buildings. We know uh, our pupils um, were... Um, we know how our pupils suffered, particularly those who are most vulnerable. That's children who are in disadvantage, uh, from disadvantage and children with additional needs. So, I mean, ultimately, the first thing we need to hit in the head is the wrong advice, no matter what, 
is to close down schools. So what we have to do is we come up with two, we come to an option of how do we keep schools open and make sure the students are in it? Because we can't have a situation where we have um, half of classes out of school, half of classes inside of school because pods are isolating and so on and so forth. So what do we do? We have to make a call. And really the call that I think is going to have to be made is one of two things. And the first one is, do we go like Britain and let it rip um, in schools? Basically, don't um, just have this theory that young children don't get sick enough, don't get hospitalised, don't die from COVID-19. I know it's a big generalisation, but, you know, but let's this. I'm not saying this is my theory. This is the this is working off a theory that is that theory and then basically treating it like some people treat chickenpox they have chickenpox parties so everyone gets it and we get herd immunity as a result of that and so is that an option so let it rip and hope that we don't have rip or blood on our blood blood on our um Blood in our sleeves, or whatever the slogan, blood in our hands. Sorry, blood in our. I, I'm really bad at cliches. I'm really bad at at sayings. Uh, so, do we let it rip and hope for no RIPs, or do we accept? Do we try and slow down the um the 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 um the spread of the virus in schools? And uh, we we uh, and and how do we do that? Is we need to improve mitigation measures. Now, the only way to improve mitigation measures. And we know this again for a very, very long time, is that we need to ensure that there's proper ventilation in classrooms. But we also need to make sure that apart from having better mitigate uh, uh, ventilation in classrooms, we need to make sure the class sizes are smaller. Um, and I know that's going to be, and that's very difficult to do. So less people in the room. Now we can't do that. Um, so effectively, what we're left with is ventilation. So how do we do ventilation? Given that we have very, very large class sizes and the only ventilation we have open to us right now are an open window and an open door. So we need to tackle that um, uh, at the bare minimum. And the only way of doing that really um, is to is to give schools ventilation measures. And that's something that's very, very expensive. And but it is something else that could be done. So I feel really and as I said I don't want to make this a very long episode people don't have time to listen to this podcast at the moment what are the choices we're going to make are we going to a let it rip and hope for no RIPs or increase ventilation um, in classrooms beyond opening a window and opening a door so they're the it's only a question I'm left with and I don't think if I were the Minister for Education, that's the question I'd be asking. I'd be asking which is the option we should be going and I'd be going to uh, Neffet or whoever it is or be going to my HSC advisors and I'd be asking which, which are we going to go and naming it because right now we're in a we're in a nothing we're in a no man's land situation where everybody is really really stressed nobody knows what's happening nobody knows what to do public health are overwhelmed they can't get to schools in time principals are overwhelmed because they're getting so many cases and they're trying to reassure their communities teachers are overwhelmed because not only do they they're, 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 are they scared now that uh, they may be uh, close contacts themselves they might infect their families 
But they also are in the situation where half of their class were at home doing nothing and half the class were in front of them and have to be taught and they have to teach a curriculum. And if half the class are out half the time, what are they going to be doing? You can't do you can't do two jobs. You can't be online and offline at the same time. We don't we haven't uh, organized bilocational trousers at the moment. Um, and, uh, and and that's uh, something that's uh, not good. We also have very stressed parents who are going to who, who at any time could get a call to say, pick up your kid and take two weeks off work. Um, that doesn't help uh, them. So they're very, very stressed. And what we have now is a huge growing anxiety amongst people. And it's really, really filtering into a very, very, very toxic situation uh, in the education system for, uh, for everybody. So we need to make a decision. Do we let it rip? Or do we increase mitigation measures? I think there are the two options left. Now, maybe there's a third option, uh, a third way. There's always a third way, as uh, Stephen Covey will tell us. Um, and if that is uh, something that you know about, maybe you could suggest it on the uh, because I'll be publishing this to um, to the to the podcast, but also on Twitter. I'd love to hear people's thoughts on what can we actually do now because we have to make we can't. It's too late for big, big for big ideas to take a long time. We we are hopefully you know hopefully this virus is is coming to an end uh, very very soon. We have to make a decision on um on what do we do right now. We can give out um and I often do give out about what could have been in the past, but what's the plan now? So that's all I have for you this week. Seventeen minutes of me ranting about uh things, but I I, I wanted to make it a, a more um I suppose a a, a more useful. Uh, kind of thing to, to to bring it down to really an ultimatum two options really in a way so listen thanks for listening um i'm uh, going to leave you there uh, uh with this um and um if you found this episode by accident uh, which you may have done you can find uh, my regular episodes where i talk about um various aspects of the education system and what i would do if i were the minister for education i've got a my very very first interview coming up uh, in the in the next week or so with uh, Dr. Gary Kyo, really interesting character, a man who's uh, wants to tell us what he wouldn't do if he were the Minister for Education based on his experience in the UK. So look out for that in the next few days. Listen, thanks so much for listening. All the best now. Take care. Goodbye. <laughs>